That is the sound of the bell, number three, fight number eight, Pacific Coast Boxing. Here we go, folks. Punches and bunches. Shoe shines in the corner. Hot sauce to the ribs. Ganchos al ligado. When in doubt, stick it out. Duro, duro, duro. And in the immortal words of Mills Lane, Rick, let's get it on. Oh, man, great to be here, man. Uh, ready for another week of uh, good boxing. Yeah, absolutely, man. We've got the fights that happened, of course, over the weekend that we're going to cover, Chocolatito and Estrada. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot more tactical, not not really a surprise, Rick. It kind of reminded me, by the way, of uh, of the Barrera Morales mm-hmm. fights that they had, right? Whereas they went on, it wasn't the, it wasn't the war that we got in, in the first fight, right? Um, you know, one of the fighters made adjustments, and in this case, it was uh, Estrada. Mm-hmm. We had the, who I believe is the true heavyweight champion, of the World Fury mm-hmm. was back in action. No surprise on the result, Rick. No, no, it was uh, you know a mistake to even have that fight. Yeah, it was a stay busy fight, yeah. but we'll talk about those fights. You know, break those down, and then also what happens right next to uh, to all those fighters, with the exception of Chisora, right? Yeah, who we can not care less about, but not not really relevant. <laughs> the other three guys still have a you know somewhere to go in boxing. Mm-hmm. Um, we had the passing of Mills Lane. Yeah. Which I mentioned, right? That was his always his catchphrase. Let's get it on. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll talk about him. You know, talk about um, you know referees, right? Of of course, are a big part of the sport that yeah. we love. Back in the day, Rick, it used to be fighters, okay, that would ref fights, mm-hmm. right? Jack Dempsey came back and re- and and um, refereed fights. Uh, Jersey Joe Walcott um, was the referee, right, in a lot of big fights. Yeah. So, um, but now, right, referees are they're a big part. But referees judge fights, actually, right? Mm-hmm. So Mills Lane was one of the greats, right? Mm-hmm. We'll talk about, you know, some of the other referee greats, right? The Joy Cortezes, right? Yeah. The Arthur Mercantes and, and those guys. The Richard Steeles. The Richard Steeles. Yeah. That's exactly right. You know, the Jane 80s, uh-huh. right? And, and you know, who are the referees of today, right? That uh, that would fit in that class. But, yeah, definitely, you know, may he, may he rest in peace. We'll talk about some of the great fights that he did. Um, so we got a lot to catch up on the boxing news, Rick. Yeah. Last week, um, we didn't get a chance to catch up. It'd been a, it'd been a while since we did our podcast. So a lot of fights that are taking shape, Rick, for yeah. 2023, man. No, yeah. 2003 looks like it's shaping up pretty good. And, uh, just that beginning quarter of, of, of the year should, should be a lot of good fights. I tell you what, man. I mean, it's looking promising. Yeah. It's looking promising. I mean, you, you know, you've got them all listed. I know we're going to talk about it in the news segment, mm-hmm. but, Oh my gosh! Like we're we're getting an early treat, yeah. First quarter, yeah. And the second half is even looking like it's going to shape up to be pretty good as well. Yeah. No, two thousand twenty-three. I think it'll definitely be um, you know a lot better year than twenty-two was. Yeah, like you said last week. You know, we we didn't. It was as much about the disappointments yeah. on the fights we didn't get. We still got some quality fights, mm-hmm. but dang, twenty twenty-three, and we'll get to those which. Some of the fights that I'm ta- that I'm talking about, the uh, Hall of Fame Hall of Fame class is out, Rick. Yeah. So you got uh, who? Tim Bradley. Tim Bradley. Carl Froch. Carl Froch and Rafael Marquez. Yeah. So I mean, again, you know, this has nothing to do with what I personally think about any of those gentlemen, right? Mm-hmm. Are they Hall of Fame worthy, man? You know. Yeah. You know, there's an argument to be made. You know, kind of either way. Um, you know that. 
I think we discussed, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we said, you know, it was Wilder Hall of Famer. Yeah. And, you know, I judge Hall of Famers by beating other Hall of Famers. Yeah. And you look at, you know, the list of some of the guys these guys fought. Yeah. You know, it's it's not a who's who. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, Bradley, you, you pr- Bradley probably has the biggest case, right? Yeah. To make the Hall of Fame. That's the thing. See, the Hall of Fame, boxing is not the same as baseball, right? So mm. baseball... I think is probably the most um, guarded with regards to numbers, right? Yeah. So like 500 home runs, right? Clean home runs, I should say, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? 500 clean home runs, you're in. What's the pitcher's deal? 300 wins, yeah. you're in, right? So you got the Don Sutton. So baseball rewards numbers, regardless of how you got there. Mm-hmm. It rewards the numbers because it looks that, hey, you, you had to have some kind of perseverance, sustainability, durability, right? Boxing, not so, right? Yeah. In other words, you could be... 44 and 0 like Gilberto Ramirez was, right? Mm-hmm. But that doesn't guarantee you a shot in the Hall of Fame. No. It's about the quality of opponents to your point that you're beating. It's about how you dominated in your era, right? But but you better not have dominated a bunch of ham and eggers. Yeah. So boxing is a little bit different, right? It's a different lens that we look at boxing Hall of Famers. So when you look at yeah, when you look at Tim Bradley, right? Did he beat enough quality opponents on his in his resume? Yeah, you know, it just, you know, by looking at it, you know, quickly, you know, his biggest win was Manny Pacquiao, and it was a very disputed victory. Yeah. Beating Manny Pacquiao. Yeah, that's probably, right? That was yeah. prob- probably his, um, his, his, uh, his, his biggest win, right? Um, what was it was against, um, was against Tim Bradley. Now, you know, the Tim Bradley fans will tell you, but hold on a second, right? He mm-hmm. also beat Juan, Ma- Juan Manuel Marquez, yeah. right? Of course, he beat him at welterweight. Had a war with Ruslan Provodnikov, right? Yeah. But you're going to say, and I agree with you, Rick, Provodnikov's no Hall of Famer. No. Just a rugged fighter. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Beat Joel Casamayor, beats Devin Alexander, right? Beats Lamont Peterson, okay? Same Lamont Peterson that's still fighting, I think. Mm-hmm. And But those are maybe boxing household names, but those are not greats. No, no, not great. definitely not greats. But he did beat two Hall of Famers. Is, is that enough to get him in, you know? And Pacquiao and Marquez, right? And, you know, the writers felt like, yeah, it was enough. Yeah. But see, that's the thing. Okay, so he beats two Hall of Famers, but did he dominate? Was there a point, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I, you know, I didn't look this up, but was there a point when Tim Bradley was considered in the top 10 pound for pound? Maybe top 10, top five, probably. I, I, I couldn't see it. I can't remember. Yeah. I can't. And I don't know, you know, let's not even go by the ESPN list where you got mm-hmm. Terrence Crawford that has not fought once this year. But has leapfrog everybody yeah. to the top. How do you leapfrog without fighting? That that that's ridiculous. But anyways, back to Tim Bradley. So I don't know, man. Mm-hmm. You know, beats Brandon Rios, beats Jesse Vargas. So again, was there a point where he dominated, right? I and yeah. and so so I don't know, right? Mm-hmm. Has you know championships in a couple of different weight divisions, right? So I I don't know. That's the thing about boxing, Rick, is that there's no um, there's no sacred numbers like there is in baseball. Yeah. Where if you reach it, you're in. And say you could say the same thing for Carl Frodge. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. His no. big wins were what? Ke- he, Kessler. Kessler. Abraham. Um, a faded Jermaine Taylor. Yeah. Um, who Jermaine Taylor, you know, the start of his career, you know, beating Bernard Hopkins. That's you, right. You thought for sure, you know, hey, this, this is a yeah. can't-miss guy. That's it. He's on his way to Hall of Fame. And, yep. You know, just it, it, it derailed on him. Yep. Yep. 
So I, I don't know, man. So like yeah. I said, I don't. But that's the thing with boxing, right? Mm-hmm. Is that there's no real numbers, but so there you go. That is the that's the Hall of Fame class, Rick. Yeah. Oh, 2023. I'll tell you, you know, God willing, if everything, you know, goes well, um, we definitely need to plan to be in Canastota this mm-hmm. year, Rick. No, yeah, definitely. Uh, for, you know, Timothy Bradley, just for the experience, you know, we, you got Timothy Bradley, Carl Frotch. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely, you know, we missed out this year, but you yeah, know, definitely looking to get out there. Yeah, absolutely. We can. Absolutely, man. Again, and I'm not saying that I'm not a, a fan of Tim Bradley, right? The yeah. fight against Provotnikov was one of the best fights I've ever seen, to mm-hmm. be honest with you, right? Um, and this isn't about, you know, his work behind the stick, as they say, Rick, yeah. behind the microphone. I've been watching the documentary, Rick, on uh, wrestling. Mm-hmm. It's called 350 Days. Okay. And I'll that's have to what, check that out. Yeah, you have to check it out. But that's what they say. You got to yeah. be good in the ring and on the stick. <laughs> on the stick, they <laughs> yeah. mean the microphone, Rick. So for now on, I'm going to refer to the microphone as the on the stick, you know. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, for you wrestling fans, check that out. Right. All of them look decent, Rick, with the exception of Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. Uh-huh. You wouldn't even recognize him. Yeah. And Lex Luger. Wouldn't even recognize those dudes. Yeah, no, you know, I think it goes quickly. You know, once, uh, you know, they, they stop the working out, you know, they have health issues. And but some of those guys look decent, though. Body just deteriorates. Bret there. Hart looks okay. The yeah. superstar Billy Graham looks okay. Uh-huh. Even Jimmy Snuka looks okay. Yeah. But well, all depending right. on when that documentary was, Jimmy Snuka's dead. Yeah, well, okay, Rick. Now he is, but when they did the documentary, yes, he looked he looked okay, yeah. man. All right, so here's what's going on today, right in the podcast. Uh, I can't wait, man, because I got a lot of got a lot of stuff to cover and a lot of takes. We got the fights that happened over the weekend. Mm-hmm. We got the fights coming up. Yeah. It probably the last big card of the year, mm-hmm. right? But it's significant because we got my guy, right? who I'm not totally in alignment with anymore, Rick. We got Josh Warrington uh-huh. fighting, okay? A very interesting opponent, by the way. We'll talk about who his opponent is and how this may be an interesting fight, but there's a lot of banter taking place between Josh Warrington and Mauricio Lara, who knocked him out, yeah. right? Um, and then you've got Teofimo Lopez mm-hmm. back in action, and then I know you got Inoue, and there's a lot of young fighters on that Teofimo Lopez yeah. uh, card, right? Yeah, we got Xander Zayas. You know, we'll, we'll get into Jimmy it. Jimmy Anderson, but- yeah. You know, in a different card, you know, you, your guy, Terrence Crawford, fights. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. You notice how I just, I casually, yeah. you know, didn't mention that one because his opponent is, is like, good luck, right? Yeah. Um, all right, Rick, but we are in round number three mm-hmm. of fight number eight. We always talk about a fight number three that kind of resonates either with us or in boxing history. This is your pull, Rick, so I'll have yeah. let, you, let you go at it. Okay, so, you know, on my flight back from uh, Florida yeah. a couple weeks ago, you know, I'm, I'm scrolling through, you know, looking for a good movie to watch. I came across The Survivor. Um, it's HBO Max. Uh, it's got Ben Foster. Uh, he plays a carrier character named or Harry Haft. Yeah. And Harry Haft was an actual professional boxer. Um, so this one, Harry Haft gets knocked out in the third round by Marky, Rocky Marciano. Wow. Um, you know, and the background on this yeah. is... Um, this is during, uh, you know, the Nazi era. Yeah. Um, he's um, a Jewish guy that yeah. um, the Nazis kind of recruit to do boxing matches, mm-hmm. you know, kind of during the war as entertainment. Sure. And he has to, you know, he has to keep winning. Yeah. To the loser of these fights would end up getting shot. Oh, wow. You know, I don't want to spill, you know, yeah. spoil the everything, but uh, he had to do that for, you know, several years. And then after that, you know, turn professional. 
Interesting, Rick. Yeah, I have not seen the movie, yeah. but uh, but I definitely have it on the list now uh, to watch that movie. Mm-hmm. It sounds really interesting. Is it a, is it a color black and white movie? Uh, I think it's black and white. Yeah, yeah. That, that that would that I mean just yeah. just based on the era and kind of uh-huh. and what they're what they're trying to portray. Mm-hmm. That you know that that would make sense. You know. Um, that fight, by the way, took place at the Rhode Island Auditorium mm-hmm. in Providence, uh, by the way, Rick, which which really, right, is where um, Rocky Marciano started his career and where he really built his following, right? Mm-hmm. So you can kind of say he was the original Pride of Providence, right? Yeah. You know, not to be confused with the great Peter Manfredo, no, of course, right? Not. But 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 yeah, that's where he fought Harry Haft. He fought him in front of about uh, 1,700 people. Um, and that was really right when um, when Rocky Marciano was really making his way up mm-hmm. um, through through uh, through the ranks, Rick. Yeah, he was eighteen and zero at, the, at that point. Yeah, yeah, that's right. On his way, of course, to forty nine and zero, which of course has been eclipsed by um, by Mayweather. Mm-hmm. But uh, but no, I I love that story, Rick. Um, yeah. The movie sounds interesting. Good thing to throw it out there. That's a great round three call out. Um, I'm gonna check it out. See if it's uh, see if it's streaming somewhere. When did that movie yeah. come out? Um, in April of this year. Oh, so this year. It, okay. Uh, it's on HBO, HBO Max. Uh, should be able to to find it. We'll do, Rick. Yeah. We'll do. All right, folks. We're gonna take a quick break. We got a lot to cover, man. So we'll be right back. We'll talk about the fights that happened this weekend. Get caught up on the news, all the fights happening, and then uh, talk about what's coming for 2023, which is pretty big. Pacific Coast boxing. We'll be right back. If it goes boxing, Alfonso Ruiz and Rick Prado are back on this very chilly December 8th night out here in Southern California, Rick. Yeah, it's been, been cold, man. Yeah, it, uh, all day it's kind of cold. You know, it's cold in the house. It's, you know, we're complaining in Southern California, but uh, yeah. it's cold. Hey, listen, man, I, you know, trust me, I talk to people, you know, internationally every single day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I wake up and it's 31 degrees, yeah. that's cold, okay? Cold. 31 is cold. I'm sorry. Right now, right? You go outside, and it's about, I'd say it's in the mid-40s. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, for us, that's cold. Yeah. And 31 is cold. So, all right, Rick. Hey, you know, speaking about, you are talking about the movie that you watched on the plane. I got a chance. I've been watching uh, watching a lot of documentaries lately, mm-hmm. Rick. Stuff on Amazon Prime. That's how I was watching that wrestling, 350. Saw the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase. Yeah. But I also came across, um, oh, I saw a real good one on Bob Probert. I'm a big yeah. hockey fan, and yeah. if you don't know hockey, Bob Probert was like the heavyweight uh, fighter. Okay. In, in, but anyways, but I saw one called The Fifth King, and I was like, what's this about? So it was, uh, I ran the blade Barkley, Rick, mm-hmm. claiming to be, you know, the fifth king, right? <laughs> Outside of Leonard, Hearns, Hagler, and Duran, and, um, you know, not the highest budget documentary, Rick, yeah. <laughs> you know? But pretty interesting nonetheless, kind of where he grew up in the Bronx. His sister was an actor. His sister, by the way, looks mean. She was yeah. a fighter. That's who taught him how to fight. Now, as far as him being the fifth king, no, I don't think so. No. Okay. Now, the one thing he has is he has two wins over uh, over Tommy Hearns. Okay. Right? That's his claim to fame, right, is is that he beat Hearns twice, you know? Did he have fights against any of the other ones? Yeah, well, he lost to Duran. Okay. That was the thing. Remember, that was Duran's, you know, big time you know, statement mm-hmm. after um, what well, Duran beat Davy Moore. Davy Moore ended up dying. 
not as a result of the fight, but he ended up dying, and then he beats Iran Barkley. Yeah. He beat Iran Barkley after the the whole Nomas incident. But but yeah, he beat the 160-pound version of Thomas Hearns, okay? Mm-hmm. And then after that, he fights Duran, and then he loses in a split decision to Duran. This is why he's not the fifth king. And then he yeah. loses to Michael Nunn, and then he lo- loses to Nigel Benn, right? Yeah. And then he, you know, loses to James Tony, and then he beats Tommy Hearns again at at uh, at light heavyweight. You know, was he a good fighter? Yes, he was a champion, right? Very durable. Okay, and of course he kept fighting way beyond his prime, like they all did. But yeah, was he was he the fifth king? You know, he'll say that he was avoided. That you know, Sugar Ray Leonard never gave him the fight. Hagler never gave him the fight. Yeah. Good fighter, but not not, uh, not good story. King. But no, not the fifth king. But it's a good documentary yeah. to watch, just to kind of hear his story, you know? I'll definitely have to check it out. Yeah, yeah, and of course, and Robert Duran comes out in it, <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah, of course. He's right there. It looks like Robert Duran was right there in the Bronx, because uh-huh. they've apparently, you know, became friends after all that. Duran always became friends with the opponents he yeah. beat, you know? Go figure. All right, Rick, um, there was some fighters that were beat this weekend, so let's uh-huh. talk about the fights that happened this weekend, Rick. Okay, so yeah, we'll start with uh, Juan Francisco Estrada's win Yeah. Um, over... Roman Chocolatito Gonzalez. Yeah. It was a majority decision. Um, you know, close fight, but probably not as entertaining as the first two. Yeah. And we nailed it, right? Yeah. We called Estrada winning by decision. Mm-hmm. Or at least I know I did. Yeah, no, I think I picked uh, Chocolatito. Oh, you called yeah. Chocolatito. Yeah, see, yeah. there you I'm telling you, Rick, I think I missed a fight some point this year. Mm-hmm. But ever since then, man, I've been on fire. Yeah. Tell me a fight I've missed. You can't even remember. Uh, right, you know, I, I had to pull the uh, the archives. I, I'm even calling them. Not only am I calling the fights right, Rick, but I'm even calling the results almost right on. Yeah. <laughs> right, unanimous decision, split decision, uh-huh. knockout, TKO. Anyways, I said it in the intro, Rick. I think that you know these kind of fights, you can't expect them right to duplicate. Um, you know, the first showing, it just it's just not feasible. Yeah, and it's not uh, you know it's not realistic, right? Because they're going to make adjustments. Mm-hmm. Right, and so this fight, you could clearly see that Estrada made the adjustment. He was, um, I mean, you're going to back up no matter what against Chocolatito, right? Chocolatito yeah. was kind of like that. Um, I don't even know if it's boxer puncher. I think it's you know puncher boxer, mm-hmm. right? But still, right? He he used more movement, used the jab. These guys could probably fight Rick another ten times, and they're always going to be close. Yeah, just it's just me personally. I don't think I need to see the fourth. Yeah, no, I, I think I think it's time for them to you know fight other guys, have it in yeah. fights. You know, I think they've gotten to the point where they know each other too well. Yeah. Um, also, felt like this this fight. Um, you know, we've seen the decline of Chocolatito before, but I, yeah. I feel like a little bit in this one as well. Yeah. He just started off so slowly. Yeah. You know, yeah. and and he, and he put himself out of this fight. Yeah. You know, to not be able to win a decision, and then. You know, he tried to turn it on at the end, and it just was, you know, too little, too late. Yeah, which he always does, right? He's mm-hmm. a notorious slow starter, but, yeah, something looked off. He even said that this was one of the most more difficult fights for him. Yeah. And then, of course, when they asked him, he said, yeah, of course I'll fight again if the money's right. Yeah. Why not, right? I just, like I said, I don't I don't know, man. The, like, the, the intrigue is gone. Mm-hmm. The fight before this, yeah, maybe he won, maybe he didn't. I didn't think he did. This one, you know, even though it was close, you know, most everybody felt that Estrada did win. Yeah. And so I don't know, man. You know, I don't you're not gonna get the slugfest anymore. No, no. Right. And that's what we were kinda hoping for. Slugfest, each of them going down a couple times, you know, something like that. 
Yeah. But it's just, I, I think they were a little bit too careful, know each other yeah. a little bit too well to where, you know, this is just what we're going to get from now on. It is. So I, I don't, yeah, I don't think that's the case. Now, after the fight, you know, Strata's talking about, do you move up and fight in mm-hmm. a way? Um, I think that's a mistake. You can yeah. go ahead and do that because it's a big name. Uh-huh. But I'm telling you, at that weight division, it's a big difference, Rick. Yeah. That's Alberto Davila stepping up and trying to fight, you know, Wilfredo Gomez. Mm-hmm. Uh, Danny Little Red Lopez, all those guys, Wilfredo Gomez trying to step up and fight Salvador Sanchez. In those weight divisions, Rick, the bigger guy has a big advantage. And in a way, we'll knock him out. Yeah. No, no. um, I I think so as well. And um, it'd be interesting to see those fights. And, you know, those are big names that you want to see in a way in in against some of these bigger guy or bigger name guys. Yeah. And, um, you know, it'll be interesting and, and they'll make money. Uh, but yeah, both of these guys are kind of, you know, they're mid thirties, Yeah, you know, kind of on the way out, especially at that yeah. weight division. Yeah. That's it. Now they're talking about who's the other kid, the Bam, Rod- uh, is it Bam Rodriguez, right? Yeah. That's the other kid they're talking about. Yeah. But these guys are too young for these two. Yeah. Like they're going to, you know, they're going to hurt these guys. But he blasted, uh, you pronounce it better than I guys. So Rung Vise. Yeah. So that, that fight is more to me, more palatable from a boxing perspective yeah. But I think that now, from a financial, lucrative perspective, yes, yeah. you fight Inouye, mm-hmm. right? Inouye, of course, is looking to move up, right, after his fight coming up to see if he can get a fight with Stephen Fulton. But there's no need to go down and fight Estrada no. or Estrada to come up. He, I'm telling you, Rick, he blasts Estrada. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, definitely. Um, also on this card, um, you know, Diego Pacheco. Uh, I know we're really high on him. Yeah. Uh, he improved to 17 and 0. Yeah. Uh with the second round knockout over uh Ricardo Adrian Luna. Yeah, man, I like the way they're bringing him along, right? That's our guy, Jose Benavides, right, the senior. Mm-hmm. Um good kid, good family. Um I like what they're doing, man. Yeah. So, he looked impressive. Yeah, looked good. Um the other card was the Tyson Fury, you know, 10th round knockout over uh, Derek Chisora. Yeah. Um, you know, not much to report here. It was, it was kind of like he beat him up for 10 rounds and, you know, yeah. by the end of it, he was, you know, um, pretty bruised up. Yeah. We knew it was going to happen, yeah. right? This was, again, you talk about a fight that, you know, the outcome was, was pre, you know, predetermined when you mm-hmm. Fury was going to win, but we got to see what my opinion, your opinion, what a lot of us believe is the true heavyweight champion of the world, yeah. right? We talked earlier about Rocky Marciano, right? Still means something when the heavyweight champion of the world, who used to be considered Superman, is back in the ring, Rick, right? Mm-hmm. When when the heavyweight champion of the world used to sell out Yankee Stadium, Rick, used to get 120,000 in stadiums, right? Yeah. This guy, the reason I'm saying that, this guy does that. Mm-hmm. Fury sells out events, Rick. Because of who he is. He's that polarizing, right? And so I think if nothing else, it was good to see him back out there, right? Yeah. And it looks like Usyk is next, yeah, hopefully. Yeah, so they definitely, I'm hearing uh, February or early yeah. March uh, for, for that fight. And uh, it's pretty close to being made, and it'll be in the in the Middle East. Yeah. Um, also, too, there was, a, there was a good stare down between you know yep. Tyson Fury and yeah. Usyk at after the after the fight, yeah, that was great. I yeah. love that. And then, of course, you know, you're always going to get the um, all the verbal package that comes along with Fury, uh-huh. right? So, and you get the crazy eyes from Usyk, right? You know, which you get, yeah. right, right. So, no, man, I mean that that has to happen. And you know, we talked earlier about how 2023 is shaping to be a good year. Mm-hmm. That's one of the fights we're talking about. Yeah. That fight's going to happen early. You know, whether it's February or April, you said. Yeah. 
that's awesome. We're going to talk about some of the other ones that are going to happen, but that's what we need in boxing. We need to know in every division, but certainly at the top, at the heavyweight division. Yeah. Just just one, you know, unified heavyweight champion. That's it, man. Um, Is that too much to ask? Yeah. Uh, uh, also on this card, we had uh, Daniel Dubow. Yeah. Um, you know, he got a third-round knockout over uh, Kevin Lorena, but uh, he was also knocked down three times in the first round. Yeah, so I said before, Rick, right, not so much. Okay, first of all, I'm not a big believer in Daniel Dubow. Yeah, okay? no. I don't believe he's one of the great heavyweights, but but he's from the UK, right? Mm-hmm. And, and he's 25, right? So anytime you get a heavyweight, right, whether it's Frank Bruno, whether it's your guy Lennox Lewis or Anthony Joshua, it's going to be a big deal. It's kind of like an American heavyweight, yeah. right? And, you know, they're touting this guy. Like, could he be the one? He already got knocked out by Joe Joyce, Rick. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Let, let's just start there, right? He's got that English chin. Well. <laughs> and so, you know, but he's 25, right? And Joe Joyce is looked upon as an old man. But even though Joe Joyce is really the guy. Joyce was there too, by the way, mm-hmm. at the fight. But um, this was for the WBA, right? Some ver- some bogus version yeah. of their championship. All that being said, this was his opportunity to shine, mm-hmm. right? And he did the exact opposite. He laid an egg, right? Nobody came out of there saying, geez, you know, what about Daniel Dubot? <laughs> so horrible performance by yeah. Daniel Dubot. He proved my point that he's not an elite heavyweight. Uh-huh. So there you have it. Yeah. And uh, th- that was it for the uh, the fights this past weekend. Excellent, Rick. All right, man. Um, so we got to talk about the fights that are coming up this weekend. Mm-hmm. And then we got all the news, man. Yeah. We got a lot to talk about with the news. I got a lot of stuff on Josh Warrington okay. that I want to get to. So we'll be right back. Pacific Coast Boxing. So it goes boxing, Alfonso Ruiz and Rick Prado are back. All right, man. Yeah, this is it. Like, this is the biggest weekend in boxing, the biggest weekend that's left in boxing for 2022, without a doubt. Yeah, you know, we've got uh, four four good cards, you know, for uh, Saturday. Yeah. Uh, we'll start with the, um, from uh, New York on ESPN Plus, we've got uh, Teofimo Lopez versus Sandor Martin. Yeah. And uh, looking forward to that one. You know, Sandra Martin pulled off the upset over Mikey Garcia. And, um, you know, we want to see how, you know, Teofimo Lopez looks. Yeah, so this is one of those. He's taking it on three weeks' notice, essentially. Mm-hmm. He was going to fight, uh, was it Jose Pedraza? Pedraza, yeah. That same Pedraza that just fought the draw against Richard Comey. Yeah. Right? So, you know, both light hitting, right? So you're going from one light hitting fighter to another. You got Sandra Martin, who's 40 and two, 13 KOs, right? Yeah. Like you said, right? Big upset against Mikey Garcia, but you're talking Mikey Garcia at 144, yeah. right? Um, nevertheless, Rick, okay, you know, it's a southpaw. Yes, Teofimo has fought southpaws like uh, Lomachenko, for example, right? But you know what? This guy, Sandra Martin, is a legitimate 140-pound fighter, mm-hmm. right? Remember, this will only be Teofimo Lopez's second fight at 140, right? Yeah. Pedro Campa, I think, was his first fight. Didn't look overly impressive. And it is a 140-pound debut, Rick, right? Mm-hmm. And so, but this guy, um, Sandra Martin, he's been fighting at 140 for the last several years, yeah. okay? Um, in fact, most of his career. So, you know, do I expect an upset here? Probably not, okay? But but you never know. It could be an interesting fight. Mm-hmm. Only because of the new opponent and, and the, you know, the X factor of that. 
Yeah, yeah. It's 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 not. I'm so much interested in, in interested in the fight. Yeah, it's the outcome. You know how yeah. how did Teofimo look? Yeah, you know, um, and you know him going forward. Yeah, because uh, there's a lot of fights out here out there if he wins this fight. Yeah, without a doubt, he's favored big time. By the way, he's yeah. favored at you know minus call it minus eight hundred. Mm-hmm. So he's favored big time. So yeah, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't foresee. But you know, well, here's the thing. I'm curious to see if this guy uh, Sandra Martin can complicate things a bit and make it an ugly win for Tiafimo. Mm -hmm. If he does, it's not going to help Tiafimo's stock. No. Because this will be the second fight in a row where it wasn't really a very impressive win. You know, and what if Sandor Martin's able to uh, confuse Tiafimo Sr.? Yeah. (laughs) I thought you were going to say what you were really looking forward to was was his dad. Yeah. Right? Who got the worst performance of the year. Well, you know, he's he's still got time to close out uh, (laughs) 2022. Yeah, that's true. The most salient tactical boxing advice (laughs) ever given from a trainer, right, to his fighter. F him up. F him up. There it is. (laughs) You know, thank you. Sounds like the drunk guy usually three or four rows behind me. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, Also on this card, uh, Top Rank has a lot of their uh, top prospects on on the card. You've got... uh, Jared Anderson, you know, their heavyweight. Yep. Uh, you got Xander Zayas, you know, their junior middleweight. And then, um, you know, Keyshawn Davis as well. Yeah, see, now that's a guy, by the way, Jared Anderson. Mm-hmm. Uh, favorite big time, by the way. None of these guys are in fights where, you know, yeah. these are not 50-50 fights, Rick. No. Okay, these are not even A-B fights, Rick. This is mm-hmm. A-side against, you know, D-side, right? Jared Anderson favored at minus 3,000. You know, yeah. Xander Zayas at minus 3,000. I'm surprised that you're not going to parlay this one. You, you, probably, know? you probably could, you know, if, if you're For your lock like, of the week. If you're like at Atlantic City or, or, yeah. or Vegas, you yeah. know, might as well, like, you know, parlay it with, you know, Teofimo, Jared Anderson, yeah. Zayas, and Keyshawn Davis. Yeah. Take the whole, take you the know, t- take the whole blue corner, right? Yeah. Just so say, hey, we'll take the whole blue corner. For a hundred bucks, yeah. right? But which, by the to, way, you, to, you're going to win like ten bucks to win one twenty five. Yeah, yeah, yeah to win very, <laughs> to win very little. But yeah, but that that being said, okay, I'm excited about that card because of those guys. Yeah. I love watching Xander Zayas. Right, gone from that. By the way, is Berlanga. Mm-hmm. You don't see him on the card, no. right? Thankfully, but Jared Anderson, man, now. Just how Daniel Dubois did not make a statement, mm-hmm. another opportunity for Jared Anderson yeah. to make a statement here as, is he the next great heavyweight American, Rick? Yeah, yeah well, right now Contender. He's, he's, he's the only guy we're, you know, we're, we're even considering. Yeah. Um, also then this weekend from uh, Belfast, Northern yeah. Ireland, we've yeah. got uh, Michael Conlon versus uh, Kareem Garifi. Yeah. Rick, here's the thing, right? So Michael Conlon, by the way, right, after being knocked out in devastating fashion yeah. against Lee Wood, right, um, is, you know, he's still got a name, right? So good that he fought again, right? Mm-hmm. He fought against um, the tough Ricardo Mercado, yeah, right? Beat him on points. And now he's fighting, yes. Um, no, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm looking at the wrong guy. But um, he's fighting, yeah, Kareem Griffey, 31 and 6, Rick, mm-hmm. 9 KOs out of France. Okay. Heavy hitting then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, no, he Lee after getting um knocked out in devastating fashion, and by the way, I'm yeah. glad that, that he came back okay because that was an ugly knockout. Mm-hmm. He beats Miguel Mariega, right? Um in, in Belfast. So now he's back in the same arena. So he's gonna beat this guy, right? Yeah. Yeah, they, they, they're not even touching the odds. No. Okay. Um also this weekend, another card, you know, from Omaha, Nebraska. Yeah. Your guy. It's on Somehow it's on pay-per-view. Yeah. Uh, Terrence Crawford versus Dave, David Avincian. Yeah. 
so I, I'm gonna, um, you know, we were talking Hall of Fame, right? Yeah. And so, you know, who who was this guy fought by the way, yeah. right? So David Avanasian, Rick, twenty nine and three. 17 KOs, 34-year-old Russian. Okay, Rick, here's who he's beaten in his last five fights. Oscari Metz, mm -hmm. Liam Taylor, Josh Kelly, Jose Del Rio, Kerman Lejaraga. Okay. He beat Kerman Lejaraga twice. <laughs> the first time wasn't good enough. Yeah. Ninth round TKO, and then he fought him again, Rick, six months later, and, and TKO'd him again for good measure. That's who Terrence Crawford is fighting. And, and this is a dang pay-per-view. Are you kidding me, Rick? Yeah, it, it's ridiculous. Like th this guy was knocked out by Kavaluskas. Yeah, uh, lost to Lamont Peterson. Yeah, you know this isn't. Uh, you know it's definitely not a who's who of, um, you know of boxing. You know this is. Uh, yeah, it's pretty much a waste of time. But uh, you know. Yeah, it, it's the definition it's, of ham and egg, Rick. And here's yeah. the thing: like I said it earlier, but yet, but yet, Terrence Crawford, right? Pound for pound number one by uh -huh. ESPN, even though he has not stepped in the ring. Yeah. And what, over a year or something like uh -huh. that? When's the last time he fought? It's, it's been a long time. I mean, yeah. I'll tell uh, you right uh, now. Yeah, we'll look it up. He fought 11-20 against Sean Porter. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, so here's another guy, right? Whole year. Speaking yeah. of Sean Porter, Rick, so Sean Porter, you know, right, came out and was talking about how Jaime Munguia has one of the most padded records of mm -hmm. any fighter. Basically saying that he's protected, right? Yeah. Okay, maybe he is, right? I'm not going to dispute mm -hmm. that, right? But I know you got some stuff in the news about Jaime McGee, in yeah. fact. But what about, right, Terrence Crawford, right, who he got beat by? It's funny because Sean Porter is probably the only credible opponent, yeah. right? When I look at Terrence Crawford yeah. and Sean Porter, of course, on the other side, right, of his better days. But you take a look at Terrence Crawford's resume, Rick, Kel Brook, right? Mm -hmm. An old, faded Kel Brook, right? Kavialuskas, not a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Amir Khan, way after his prime, right? After yeah. Canelo had already knocked him out. Benavides Jr. and Benavides Jr.'s fight back, which that was ill-advised, yeah. right? Jeff Horn, okay? Julius Ndongo, Felix Diaz, Victor Pistol. Yeah. That's Terrence Crawford's resume, man. Yeah, a, a prime Yorkie Scambola. Yeah, 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 exactly, <laughs> exactly. So if you want to talk a pat about a padded record, I'm not saying that Terrence Crawford is not a talent, mm -hmm. okay? But it's kind of like if you look at a, a, I don't know, look at a Ferrari that's in a garage and you say, yeah. man, that's a nice car, right? And it probably goes 0 to 60 and whatever, you know, in, in half a second. So what? It never leaves the garage. Yeah. Okay? You know, and here's the funny thing. The, the Terrence Crawford, he's, he's looking for big fights, right? Yeah. It's 35 years old. Yeah. At 35, I believe Felix Trinidad was retired. I believe De La Hoya was retired. Yeah. You know, um, their Hall of Fame status was, was already cemented. That's right. You know, where That's they right. fought the um, the guys they needed to fight. Yeah. At 35, yeah. Terrence Crawford's still looking for, for his fights. Yeah, isn't that funny? Yeah. I mean, if you look at Terrence Crawford's career, and you make a great point, Rick, yeah. he hasn't even had a signature fight. No. Against who? Yeah. He hasn't had a signature fight. Don't tell me Sean Porter was no. the fight. A faded Sean Porter, smaller Sean Porter, right? Who's already lost to Keith Thurman, yeah. right? So, so yeah. Did, Sean did, Porter on his way out, you know, he's just, yeah. His dad stops the fight yeah. when he probably shouldn't have. But, so, yeah, I mean, you're right. He, he There's nobody on his resume, which is why he mm -hmm. needed the Spence Jr. fight, yeah. right? You got to have that fight. 
Um, Terrence Crawford's career ends the day. He's not a Hall of Famer. You can't be a Hall of Famer, Rick, on potential. Yeah. Like I said, you can't be that Ferrari in there that's like, oh boy, but if you were to see it on the road, Rick, right, it would be one of the fastest cars out there. We have no idea, man. It's, it never leaves the garage. Yeah. The, the problem is, yeah, you look at his resume. Um, Timothy Bradley had two Hall of Famers on his resume. Yeah. Terrence Crawford doesn't have any. Yeah. Yeah, there you I, go. I can't find a Hall of Famer. Yeah, um, in he, the group, he would have to, you know, he would have to make the Hall of Fame based on the fact that, you know, that he dominated his weight division mm-hmm. for so long. And I think you talked about it in the stat of the week a few weeks ago about both of these guys are in the top ten for longevity as champions. Yeah. But it has as much to do because they don't fight very often, uh-huh. right? One yeah. or two fights a year, and against these type of opponents. Yeah. So yeah, you know, with all that being said. The lock of the week, Terrence Crawford. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, yeah, why not? Right? Yeah, you are, could. Are, part- there, are there even odds? There's no way they could be odds. No, there's always has to be odds, Rick. There always has to be odds. Yeah, they got them at uh, minus eighteen hundred. Is as high as minus two thousand, by the way, depending on the sports book. But yeah, let's just call it a minus nineteen hundred. Okay. So you got to bet about two thousand bucks to win a to win a hundred bucks. Yeah. Oh, wow. You know. So yeah. By far of the fights this weekend, um, the most lopsided fight is his. Well, okay, that's not true. Zendra's Ias is uh, minus five thousand. <laughs> minus five thousand. So like basically, you know, you put twenty that's, bucks down and that's by DraftKings. And, and you hope he like you know breaks his wrist or twists yeah. an ankle or you know. That's right. Yeah, you never know. And yeah, you never know. That's the highest. Yeah, the most lopsided fight is uh, is um, Xander Zayas, followed by Keyshawn Davis. Mm-hmm. You know, and then Jared Anderson, and then Terrence Crawford. Man, so that's what they tell you. Ugh. And Chris Cyborg. Yeah, Chris. Yeah. Who's also on this uh, Terrence Crawford? Uh, She's heavily favored. Yeah, it's not a pay per view, man. No, what are they charging? Do you know? Uh, no, I don't know, but yeah, too much. Yeah. All right, what else we got? Um, Rick? From, uh, from Leeds, England, we have the uh, on the zone. We have uh, Josh Warrington versus Luis Alberto Lopez. Yeah, so my guy, right? You remember Rick? So mm-hmm. for several years ago, in 2018, right? Josh Warrington at the top of his game, right, wins the championship. And then beats Carl Frampton, right? Mm-hmm. Carl the uh, the Jackal Frampton, right? Great fight. I was in love with Josh Warrington. Love his style. Just never got the fight with like Leo Santa Cruz that we wanted. Yeah. Right. You fast forward to to a few years ago, right? He he gives up his belt, right? Um, right before he fought Mauricio Lara. The reason he gave up his belt is that he wanted bigger fights, right? And, and with the IBF, of course, with any sanctioning body, there's always the challenge of having to fight their mandatory. And according to him, he wanted the, the ring lineal championship. So he gives up the title belt, fights Lara, gets knocked out in devastating fashion, right? Yeah. Right. I mean, he just gets thrashed mm-hmm. in, 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 you know, in, in nine rounds. They fight again. Mauricio Lara gets cut. I'm going to tell you something, though. That fight was headed for the same yeah. result, okay? Um, and then, of course, right, who knows how, he gets to fight with Kiko Martinez for the IBF title again. Yeah. So now he's once again the IBF you know, title holder, and now he's fighting Luis Alberto Lopez, who's 26-2, and two, Rick. So what I'm getting to is you, know, you got um, Mauricio Lara, who's on the outside looking in, yeah. unfortunately. But Mauricio Lara, right, who has now put together a couple of very impressive wins, is saying, if I get in the ring again with Warrington, I'm going to retire him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that banter has made its way 
to uh, to to Josh Warrington, who went on a a, a four letter word tirade, Rick, about Mauricio Lara, yeah. right? <laughs> Basically saying f this, f that guy, not afraid of him. He need you know that's not my boogeyman. Mm-hmm. He needs to fight him, Rick. Yeah, to make things right. No, yeah, definitely. You know, it feels like uh, you know they're avoiding that fight, like uh, they did to uh, Daniel Ramon. Yeah, you know, when he lost his, his world title, that's right. Never got his rematch. Yeah, you know, uh, Warrington definitely needs to, uh, to to fight him. They need to make that right. Yeah. He needs to make that right now. As far as his opponent, by the way, Rick Luis Alberto Lopez. Okay, mm-hmm. we actually saw this guy um, live. You and I did. Um, he's the one, by the way. He was the he was the one that gave the first loss to Gabriel Flores. Okay. Just so you know, that remember the Gable floor is the you know the story from up north, right? Uh, Sacramento or Stockton, when? Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, his only losses, uh, one of his losses is to our very own Rick Ruben Villa. Okay. Okay. That's the fight we actually saw him in person. That was uh, back in 2019, mm-hmm. in uh, right down the street here in uh, in Corona, right? Okay. Um, and then he lost to a kind of a no name Abraham Montoya. So this guy's only lost twice, Rick. Okay. Beats Gabriel Flores. He's going like since losing the Ruben Villa. He's like on a eight fight win streak, you know. So or nine fight win streak. So, um, so this is gonna be an interesting fight. And I'm gonna tell you something. As much as I do like Josh Warrington, he's not the 2018 version of Josh Warrington that beat Carl Frampton. Okay, so I think this fight's gonna be more competitive than people may think. Is what I'm getting to, Rick. Yeah. No, no, it definitely could be. Um, you know, I'm I'm hoping it definitely is. Um, yeah. See, the interesting thing is, by the way, the Transnational Boxing Board, which which you know, which I love because yeah. that's like the, the 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 Bible of of when you look at boxing and kind of how they they don't just award somebody a champion, right? Just because. Yeah. So um, if the champion is no longer there, then it's got to be number one and two that fight, kind of like the ring championship, okay? But if you look at the Transnational Boxing Board at their rankings, Rick. Mm-hmm. Featherweight, they have no champion because it's been open since Pacquiao abdicated the title in 2005. Oh. Number one and two, they have Mauricio Lara and Emmanuel Navarrete. Oh, wow. They have Josh Warrington all the way down to number seven. Yeah. No, it makes sense. It does. Yeah. It does. So, look, I love Josh Warrington. Um, I want it to be a good fight. There's a part of me that I want to see Warrington get by this fight just to mm-hmm. see the third fight or really the second fight with Mauricio Lara. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, we've got one more card, which is, uh, you know, early Tuesday morning. Yeah. Um, it's uh, The Monster Anyway yeah. versus Paul Butler. Yeah. And this will be on ESPN Plus, and it, it's uh, 12.30 a.m. Eastern time. So you're looking at, uh, you know, probably yeah. around midnight. Yeah. 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 Well, and th- and that's fine, you know. Butler's got uh, a share of um he's he's you know, he's from he's English, right? Mm-hmm. He's got a share of the title and so this will be in a way basically cleaning out the bantamweight, the 118 pound division, yeah. right? It's after this that, you know, that um in a way is going to have to make a decision, right? Mm-hmm. Is cuz he's going to beat Butler by the way. Okay? Yeah. That could easily be your lock of the week as well. After this, it's <laughs> does he move up? to fight, you know, Fulton or, you know, does he, you know, wait for Estrada to come up from 115 pounds? Yeah. It's kind of what he's going to have to uh, figure out. Mm-hmm. But, I, but you know, it's going to be good to see him back in action. He's going to end the year with a knockout. Who knows, Rick? Like, 
you know, we haven't settled on the knockout of no, the year yet. No. We could get it this week with Inoue and Butler. I'm telling you right now. Yeah, definitely. Um, and that's it for the, uh, the the fights that are coming up this week. Excellent, Rick. Let's get into the boxing news, man. We got a lot of news coming up. We got all the fights that are coming up in 2023. We've talked about a few, but there's a heck of a lot more, man. Yeah. So let's take a quick break. We'll come right back and cover that Pacific Coast boxing. If it goes boxing, Alfonso Ruiz and Rick Prado here at Standing Eight Count Studios in Marietta, California. A very chilly night. Mm-hmm. Getting getting ready for Christmas, Rick. We're about two three weeks away. We'll have to figure out our schedule and let everybody know because we usually we usually go out for about a couple of weeks, right? Yeah. So we'll have to figure out what our uh, hiatus is going to be. Yeah. Make sure we set people up before we go into the break. Yeah, we'll definitely figure that out. What do we got, Rick, in the news? Uh, so we'll start with the. Uh, Jamaro Charlo fight versus uh, Tim Zhu. Yeah. It's going to be January 28th. It'll be at Showtime, and it'll be uh, in Las Vegas. That's good. I mean, yeah. and that, that kind of sets up the fight. Um, of course, you got the Tyron Inferno, who's got his own tough fight coming up, mm-hmm. right? And so that kind of sets up those two to meet eventually. Yeah. But that's fine. That's not the opponent I wanted for Charlo. No. But at least he's back in action yeah. versus the 160-pound Charlo. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got uh, the... we. Talked about it earlier, the Tyson Fury Usyk, it's almost done for yeah. February twenty uh, February eighteenth, yeah, or March fourth in the Middle East. Yeah, that'll be great. Yeah, yeah, looking forward to that. Yep. Um, Oscar Valdez versus Emmanuel Navarrete. It'll yeah. be February third uh, for the vacant WBO hundred thirty pound title. Yeah, the only thing about that fight is that it's taking place at one hundred thirty pounds. Yeah, you know that's and so that's is that the one that Shakur Stevenson vacated then by moving up? Yeah. Yeah, that's the only thing, right, um, that gives um, Valdez, I think, a shot, right? Mm-hmm. That fight's at 126 pounds. I'm, I'm favoring Navarrete, but that's going to be a good fight. Yeah. My initial take on that, Rick, is I think that Valdez actually has a good chance of beating him mm-hmm. because he's the better boxer, right? He's durable. Um, you know, it, the Stevenson fight was just a bad matchup for Valdez. Yeah. It just is. Mm-hmm. But Navarrete gets hit a lot. Yeah. And so that's going to be fireworks, man. That's going to be fireworks. And, you know, Valdez, you know, he packs a pretty good shot, too. So, um, you know. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to see that one. Get ready for that one. Um, the David Benavidez, Kayla Plant. Yeah. Um, it should be set up for uh, early March. Yeah, that's crazy, man. Yeah. I say that's crazy. Like, look at these fights. Remember uh-huh. I told you when we started this 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 show, that is going to be – that's the fight we wanted to see. Yeah. We talked about that, right? If we're not going to get Canelo – Right, and Benavides have those two guys fight. Mm-hmm. No tune ups, no stay busy. We don't need to see Benavides against Jose Uzcategui. Yeah, no. we know what's going to happen with yeah. Uzcategui, you know? Give us these fights. Yeah, so it's like, don't waste our time, you know, yeah. with, with that. Heck of a fight for both. I, I, I salute both of them mm-hmm. for taking this fight. And we were talking about him earlier and, and him looking for fights, but Terrence Crawford, he wants to fight Earl Spence. <laughs> oh, gosh. And now. He wants yeah. to fight him in London because they feel like they could sell out one of the big arenas, the O2, or yeah. um, you know, they could jam pack it with, you know, ninety, a hundred thousand. Yeah. I don't think they can. They won't get ninety or a hundred thousand. No. I I don't think. They don't have a big enough name for that. They will mm-hmm. uh, I love the UK, Rick. I told yeah. you one of my bucket list is I'd love to go over there to a fight. Mm-hmm. Right? We have to go over there, I'm telling you. Those those are hardcore boxing fans yeah. over there. 
Um, and they know boxing, so they 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 would recognize them. Yeah, but they're not going to sell out Wembley or something like no. uh, like uh, Tyson Fury is. But you know what, man? We already talked about Crawford enough on this show, right? Yeah. On this segment, um, no Hall of Famers in his career, mm-hmm. right? Zero on his resume. Yeah. So just get the. We don't care where you fight, yeah. Spence Jr. Yeah, you know, more more than likely it'll be if they're going to fight, it would be in Vegas. Uh, may possibly even yeah. New York, you know, just to right. kind of be like a neutral site because yeah. they definitely don't want to do, you know. Uh, they can't do Texas because that's where Texas. Spence Jr. Yeah, is from. That's yeah. his, um, so then um, also um, Ryan Garcia yeah, uh, versus uh, Mercedo Jesta. It's close yeah. to being scheduled for January 21st okay. or 28th. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and guess at this point is is really more of a journeyman, right? Mm-hmm. We've seen him fight actually a couple times live. Yeah. But um, I mean, you know, that's fine, right? It's a stay busy fight to set up the clash with mm-hmm. uh, with Davis. But which means, you know, if they're both gonna fight, meaning you know, Tank Davis and Garcia, when did you say that was? Is that in uh, February? With the Merce- the the Mercito Gesta? Oh, it'll be uh, the end of January. 21st oh, the end of the January. 20th. So that means that you're talking, you know, maybe May. May, yeah. At the earliest. Yeah. Um, Canelo Alvarez. Yeah. Um, he's expected to fight John Ryder yeah. um, in May, and there's talk that that fight will be in uh, London. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Wow. See, that'll, that fight will be big because yeah. now see that one, right? Again, Canelo is recognized, you know, globally. Mm-hmm. Right, and so yeah, that fight will be good. And John Ryder, that's his backyard. Yeah, so that'll be a big fight, man. Yeah, and then you smart know, Canelo wins that one. Then uh, there's talk of Bivol in September. Yeah, uh, wait to be determined. Either yeah. he could drop down to 168. Yeah, or they could fight again at, uh, for 175. Maybe that's the fight we attend, right? Yeah, no, that, that would Canelo be a good fight. One. Yeah. We have to take a look at that. Yeah. Um, and so, so go just going back to that. So then, that fills out Canelo's calendar. Then, right? Yeah. yeah so he so he fights in May, more than likely beats Ryder, and then and then that's it, right? Yeah, yeah. And then you know fights Bivol in September. And, yeah. yeah, that's probably just the two fights. Yeah. You almost have to think, by the way, because Canelo's no spring chicken either. At mm-hmm. some point, he's going to be calling it good. So that's his twenty twenty three. Yeah. And then he probably looks at that win or lose, mm-hmm. you know. Does he fight the winner of Benavides and Plant? And it's like, if Plant wins, do we really need to see that fight? Yeah. Not really. No. You know? So, like, he's going to run out of options is what I'm getting to. Yeah. And he makes enough money. I think maybe after next year, Rick, right, he's going to be like me, man, just nothing but golf. Yeah. Oh, yeah, probably. Um, your guy, Adrian yeah. Broner. Yeah. Uh, he's the fight at 144 and yeah. his planned date of return February 18th. Nice, Rick. Hey, yeah. man, four-division, you know, world yeah. champion, man. <laughs> right? Not many. A, a, about billions. Yeah, about billions. So yeah. still relevant, man. Yeah. Um, so we were talking about Jaime Munguia. Yeah. But he's rejected the Genebec fight for the title. Yeah. Um, he wants Golovkin or Charlo next. And again, right? So there you go, right? So, you know, Sean Porter, you know, that just kind of, you know, justifies Sean Porter's comments, right, about a padded record mm-hmm. because the the other guy... Um, that he doesn't want to fight is considered more the, the tougher yeah, opponent, the tougher right? Opponent, yeah. But listen, Rick, you know, these guys, boxers, I've told you before, they are a commodity, right? Mm-hmm. Their span of, you know, generating revenue and monetizing on their skill set, it's a very small window, yeah. right? So why not? I mean, look at what Terrence Crawford has done, right? 
Mm-hmm. So when I hear people complaining about Munguia, it's like, look at Crawford. Look at all these guys. So you know what? He'll make more money fighting yeah. Crawford. I mean, yeah. I'm sorry. He'll make more money fighting Triple, Triple G. Triple G, yeah. Right? And, and then an Charlo. Fight, yeah. And it's an easier fight. So I'm sorry, but yeah. why not? Yeah. Why does Munguia have to be the guy that has to fight the best at every division? How come? Why doesn't Charlo <laughs> fight <laughs> him then? Yeah. Right? The 160-pound Charlo guy is sitting there. Uh, Devin Haney versus uh, Vasily Lomachenko yeah. uh, should be announced soon. You know, So expect that probably first quarter of 2023. Yeah, there's a guy, Devin Haney, who you know apparently is fighting everybody in the division. Yeah. So good for him. Yeah, uh, looking to fight all, all the top guys. And yeah. Then, uh, you, know, you got Shakur you know, waiting for the, for the winner of, the, of that. I like it. Um, one last bit of news. Yeah. Today is the 10-year anniversary of, yeah. of probably your favorite knockout. Can, yeah. can you guess it? 10 years today so today's 20 so you're talking from 2012 yeah right Mm-mm, what weight division uh it had to be 140 maybe 147 oh great i to look that up really yeah yeah um, was it was it, was it not was not de la hoya it, getting it, knocked out by hopkins it's gotta be your favorite your favorite okay. knockout okay which Le- one legitimately was? your favorite oh is it legitimately yeah. my favorite okay yeah. who was it rick um Manny Pacquiao's knockout. Oh, against Marquez. Against Marquez. Okay, no kidding. The yeah. picture there, that ten, was one of my favorite. Ten. Probably favorite. Yeah. You're right. Ten years ago today. No kidding. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, man. That's interesting because, yeah, because moving out here and, uh, you know, memories are based on emotions, not mm-hmm. on how good you memorize things. But I remember being invited to watch that fight. I uh, We had just moved in, uh-huh. um, you know, to this part of Murrieta. And um gentleman who owned like four acres here that has a wedding venue on his property mm-hmm. invited me to go watch the fight. Yeah. You know, and I was the only one cheering for uh for Marquez. Uh-huh. And when it looked like he, he had killed Pacquiao. And you know. Never invited back since. No, I have not. Yeah. <laughs> no, actually <laughs> you're absolutely right. I think I told you about that. Yeah. And I see they have events. Yeah. I know they have events because I see on big fight nights, uh-huh. right? And sometimes I walk by on purpose, right? <laughs> like, hey, you know. I'm still here, man. I'm still a fight fan, but damn, that's crazy. Yeah, December eighth, twenty twenty twelve. Yeah, uh, MGM Grand. Garden wow. Arena. That is crazy. Yeah. Devastating knockout, man. Devastating knockout. And and then they didn't fight again, which I think was a was a good uh, good decision. Yeah. Well, Rick, um, the other thing was Mills Lane, uh, right? Oh yeah, Mills Lane. Um, you know who who passed away, and you know his, this is a guy, right? When you talk about boxing, right? You talk about a polarizing figure, right? Because mm-hmm. remember, you know this guy was a fighter himself, yeah. was a judge. You know, I don't know if you recall, but he also had a TV show, right? Yeah, the the court show, Judge Mills Lane. Yeah, Judge Mills Lane. Yeah. He had that. I mean, this guy was involved in all the major fights. Probably the most famous one was the uh, was the fight, you know, the bite fight, right? The uh-huh. Holyfield Tyson two. He had to pick up the piece of ear. Yeah, 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 that's exactly right. The thing is, right? Just like some, you know, just like umpires, right? In baseball, kind of have that reputation about, oh, he has a you know small strike zone or whatever. Mills Lane was one of those referees that you weren't going to get away with anything. Yeah. Right? You knew what you were getting, which makes – and by the way, the, you know, what do they say? The best referees in boxing are the ones that you don't notice, mm-hmm. right? Not the ones that are in there micromanaging a fight, right? So, no, this guy did them all, man. He – Holmes, Norton, mm-hmm. uh, Larry Holmes and Jerry Cooney, Rick. Yeah. Ali, Foster, um, a lot of Tyson fights. He did the Tyson-Peter McNeely fight, mm-hmm. you know? Tyson Bruno, um, 
Holyfield, Douglas, De La Hoya, Whitaker, several of Chavez's fights, the second Chavez, Maldrick Taylor fight. He did um, uh, Holyfield, Michael Moore, Carbajal, and Chiquita Gonzalez. Yeah. That's the guy that we uh, we we met at, I, I think it was in Anaheim. Spinks Holmes, um, Hagler Mugavi, and even all the way back, he did Salvador Sanchez, Danny Lopez too, mm-hmm. man. No, yeah, he, he did all the big fights. It seems like, you know, the, the 90s were just, that was his era. Yeah, you know, yeah, um, that's right, that's right. All the big fights, if they were in, in Vegas, yeah. it, it was Mills Lane. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And, you know, and speaking of, right, it was Mills Lane's or, <laughs> right, mm-hmm. Um it was because it was these other refs, right? So you're right. It was either him, but you know, you start thinking like, who are some of the other big names, yeah. right? And and Richard Steele comes to mind. Yeah, Joe Cortez, Joey Cortez, mm-hmm. Kenny Bayless. Mm-hmm. I think Kenny Bayless is still active. Yeah, Kenny Bayless is still active. Steve Smogger. I don't know if you remember <clears throat> Steve Smogger. Yep. Um, these are guys. Uh, Carlos Padilla. Yeah. He did the thrill in Manila, right? Um, Mil Chalpern, who of course, you know, unfortunately took his own life. Yeah. Jane 80. And by the way, when I'm talking about these guys, Rick, as being like famous referees, mm-hmm. I'm not saying they were the best referees. No. Because Jane 80 was not necessarily no. known as being one of the best referees. I'm just talking about some of the guys that when we think about boxing, right, mm-hmm. they are just as much a part of the sport as the fighters themselves, yeah. right? Because we seemingly see them in all the big fights, right? Some others that come to mind, Tony Weeks. Mm-hmm. Right, Tony Weeks is a good one. Um, who's the guy? Arthur Mercanti, Mer- yeah. right? That's another guy. We got um, our guy, the guy who did the Fury uh, Wilder fight. Um, um, why can't I think of it? Um, well, as you're thinking about yeah. that, we got our our local guys that that, that we like. We got Thomas Taylor, mm-hmm. right? It's a good one. Yeah. We got um, the guy, he's going to have his own podcast coming up, right? Uh, gosh, he's the one that just stopped the fight that we didn't like. Uh, Hispanic guy out of here. Um, Raul Caiz? Raul, well, there's Raul Caiz and Raul Caiz, Senior, Senior and Junior. I, I got a chance to talk to Senior, in fact, and his son um, for uh, at the Golden Boy fights a couple of, uh, a couple of m- months ago. But um, yeah. Anyways, man, there, there's there's a lot of um, referees are, are are as big a part, big of the uh, of of the boxing game as much as the fighters, yeah. man. You know, and I'm sure we're missing some refs, but those yeah. are the ones that come to mind, mm-hmm. right? You got to come up with the guy, Rick, who who did the. Uh, I can't believe we can't think of his name. We've talked to him That's on several guy. occasions. Uh, yeah. All right. We'll yeah. uh, we'll look we'll look him up at the break because I know it's on the it's on the tip of our tongue. But anyways, um, you know, rest in peace to uh, Mills Lane, who gave us a lot of good fights. Let's get it on, Rick. Remember the little touch of the nose, Mm -hmm. right? Love that stuff. All right, Rick, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back with the stat of the week, which I know you have teed up. Pacific Ghost Boxing, we'll be right back. If it goes boxing, Alfonso Ruiz and Rick Prado are back. Um, yeah, so on the referees, Rick, Jack Reese is the guy yeah. we were thinking of. Okay, mm-hmm. so he's another one, by the way, that's making his name, right? Yeah. That's going to, that belongs on that list, right? He's done enough good fights. And then our local guy, of course, is Ray Corona, mm-hmm. who's, you know, 
not a bad referee himself, right? No, no. He, um, he seems to be at all the all the fights we, we, we go to. You wonder, by the way, I was thinking about this, like, you know, with all the, the statistics, right, and all the analytics that takes place today in sports, more so than ever, um, and I'm sure they do, right? And maybe I should be careful. I'm going to give somebody an idea. They're going to take my, my idea here or yeah. advice is that there should be statistics on, on boxing referees, right? You don't see those shown enough. Like, what percentage of fights does Ray Corona stop after round six, right? Yeah. Versus Jack Reese versus Joey Cortez. You know what I mean? Because that would be a factor in choosing the referee, mm-hmm. right? If I know, for example, my fighter is somebody who, you know, starts slow and gets hit a lot, then, hey, I don't want somebody who's got a, a quick, a itchy trigger finger to stop the fight. Yeah. You know what I mean? How many, you know, what's the, what's the stats on, you know, how many, um, points that referees have deducted and what percentage of the time and for what infraction, right? Yeah. If I know my guy likes to go low and hit to the body and, and I've got a referee who's got, you know, 30% of the time he's going to, you know, deduct a point for, you know, for low blows mm-hmm. and he's the league leader, quote unquote, right? And referees, <laughs> wouldn't you like to know that? Yeah. No, that you would think that you, you that, would think they would, you know, break it down. That like they'd that. have those yeah. statistics, right? I would, if I was a, a mm-hmm. fight manager, I absolutely would have those statistics, man. Um, all right, Rick. Speaking of statistics, let's get to your stat yeah. of the week, man. So we have the uh, longest uh, reigning or uninterrupted reign for a world title. Yeah. Um, ever. Ever, and this yeah. is um, any weight division. Yeah. Right. Okay. Give it to us, Rick. Okay, so it's uh, Joe Lewis. Yep. Who held the title for 13 years and three months. The Brown Bomber, Rick. Yeah. The Brown Bomber. Who, who, by the way, now, you know, part of that, by the way, is he was the champion um, from what, like 37 to, through? To 50. Yeah. And so part of that, of course, if you look at that and, you know, if you mm-hmm. know anything about our history, that was during one of our world wars, the Second World War, right? Mm-hmm. And so that was part of it, by the way, is that, you know, it, was, it wasn't easy to get fights, Right. And then, by the way, that's where, you know, the term, the uh, the bum of the month club came. Yeah. That came from Joe Lewis. Okay. okay? Not from Joe Lewis. He, he he certainly wouldn't have said that. But he was fighting guys that back then the reporters said, okay, who's the, who's the bum of the month that yeah. Joe Lewis is going to fight, right? But not his fault is what I'm getting to yeah. because there was just not a lot of opponents because of the war that was taking mm-hmm. place, right? And, and he was actually in, you know, the military, in the army. And so in a lot of cases, right, he was going around and doing this to help the troops, et cetera. Yeah. So not his fault no. is what I'm getting to, right? And he, he did defend the title 26 times in that. In that. Well, that's the thing, Rick. It's an that's, average of, that's the thing. Know, that's two the, a year. The bum of the month club. Yeah. That's, that's the whole thing. You know, he almost got beat by Billy Kahn. He finally lost the title, of course, to, uh, to Ezra Charles, mm-hmm. who loses the title to Jersey Joe Walcott, who then gets beat by... Rocky Marciano, who yeah. you mentioned in the movie Survivor. See how we came full circle on yeah. that, Rick? Pretty damn good. No, the Brown Bomber, again, I and, and he's one of these guys, Rick, you know, when we talk about fighters that, um, you know, whose skill set transcends any era, that's him, mm-hmm. right? Because there's fighters that, um, that you know, you could say, well, geez, how would this guy do in this era? And you, you'd be like, I don't know. Joe Lewis would have done good in any era. He wasn't like a small heavyweight, mm-hmm. right? This guy was a big heavyweight that would have done just fine in in, er- in any era. Can't say that about, you know, other sports, right? Yeah, no. Like, would Babe Ruth have been the home run king today? No, probably not. I don't think people were throwing as hard as they are nowadays. That's, that's yeah. what I'm saying, right? So you can't, right? Just like 
golf is the same thing. Some of these guys that today dominate golf, they probably wouldn't have, they couldn't have held freaking uh, Ben Hogan's uh, golf bag, you know, when Ben Hogan was playing. But Ben Hogan would school them. Hogan can play in any era. Same thing for a talent like, you know, the Brown Bomber. That's one of those records, Rick, that we'll probably never see that again. Yeah. Right? No, yeah, I don't, I don't believe so. Although, who knows? Although, at the pace that some of these guys fight, like Crawford and Spence Jr., maybe yeah. we will because of their inactivity. Yeah. You know, the other part is, like, you know, they, they vacate titles. They go up. You know, yeah. It, uh, yeah. You know, so it's a little bit harder. That's right. Well, yeah. and again, and because of the time that it was, you know, yeah. and, and it was during the World War, and there wasn't a lot of fighters, and they just kind of kept them busy. I mean, all you got to do is look at his boxing rack, you know, and you can kind of see some of the guys he was fighting and how often he was fighting. Hence the bum of the month club. But I'll tell you what, he was no bum. One of the, I have him in my top five uh, heavyweights of all time. Could he have beaten Tyson Fury? Man, I don't know. That would have been a good fight. This was a great podcast, Rick. Can't wait to see the fights this weekend. And we'll get caught up next week. See you next week, Rick. See you next week.